Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 24. It's 7.30 in the morning. My friend Aaron Hurley just flew across the country. I picked her up at Logan Airport. We get in the truck, we head towards New Hampshire, and uh, we recorded a podcast. Talk about a lot of really cool stuff, what she's been up to. Erin is an amazing person if you don't know her. She's a traveler, a writer, competitor, coach. She's into CrossFit. She was in town teaching a seminar. If you ever get the opportunity to go to one of her seminars or if you own an academy, make sure you bring her to your academy and have her put one on. They're really good. Totally worth it. You will definitely learn some great stuff. She's also the CEO of a nonprofit called Submit the Stigma. So when we recorded this, Aaron was a brown belt. A couple days ago, she was awarded her black belt by Cobrina. Congratulations, Aaron. We're really proud of you. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you soon and doing part two. As always, this episode is brought to you by Tortuga Soap Company. Tortugasoap.com Don't be the stinky guy or girl on the mat that nobody wants to train with. Use the soap, smell good, even if your jiu-jitsu stinks, at least people will want to train with you. Also brought to you by Port City BJJ, home of the Great Northeast BJJ podcast, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, portcitybjj.com. We love visitors. We'd love to have you come hang out and train with us. Check us out. And brought to you by wearedapperties.com. Don't be walking around out there looking like a bum. Hit these guys up, Andrew and Julian. They're into ties. This is their thing. Um, WeAreDapperTies.com. When you go to the site and you buy the ties and you get free shipping because you entered the promo code ROLL, R-O-L-L, you're going to be stoked. Um, you're going to be looking good. People are going to like you. As always, this podcast is fueled by gummy bears and chocolate milk. Thank you guys all for listening. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll see you guys out on the road soon. Peace. Um, but I would like to see the Northern Lights too. And supposedly, sometimes you can see them in New Hampshire, I guess. But like, yeah, I've heard that. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen them. Um, it's just one of those things because like you can't plan it. It just has to happen, and you have to be there at the right time. Right. You know. Um, I did hear a guy. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, um, trying to get new ideas, and this guy was like. He's a he's like a journalist for uh, maybe like an outside type magazine, and he's like, "Don't go to Iceland." He's kept telling everybody, "Don't go," because he loves it so much, <laughs> and so many people are going. Yeah. And he, I guess like Iceland is, uh, which is weird. I mean, I actually have seen a lot of people going to Iceland, but uh, you know why? It's because of Wow Airlines. It's super cheap, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is, and then they open that up, and they have the stopover option too. Right. So if you just want to stay a few days in Iceland, that's like the place to be. Um, and it's gorgeous. And in the CrossFit realm, that's huh. where all the top girls are. Oh, shit. And there's really good uh, guys too, but for the most part, it's all the the top females, like Catra David's daughter, who won it twice, Annie Thor's daughter, I believe she won it twice, and then Sarah Sigmund's daughter, who's like medaled. Are you thinking about competing in CrossFit? No. Uh, <laughs> no, I still can't do a muscle up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't really know anything about it, but I know like you're you're still doing it. Yeah, like I, I do it because it needs to supplement my jiu-jitsu. Although there's days that like I can't be consistent with it, so I'm I'll go and then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna travel or I get sick or I don't know who knows whatever. Um, and then you don't go for a few days or even a few weeks and you come back and you die like I am right now. <laughs> And you're like, why do I do this? I literally feel like I ripped 
muscles in oh, my yeah. body, which, you know, essentially you do, you, do. you tear them, right? And so I try to be consistent. So like when I was in New York and I was training with the meows, I was going every single day and that's actually easier. You don't get as sore. Yeah. Um, so that was like motivating to be with them. And now it's all on my own. And so I kind of have this like, I have a, like a idea that I should do the 12 classic Cobrians and then the four classic CrossFit. And then I do other things depending on if I have to write stuff or if I have to, I don't know, do other things like not train sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make excuses or whatever it is. But for the most part, I train once a day and then I do CrossFit once a day when I'm, when I'm like on, you know? You ever do any yoga? No, because uh, I did some when I was in New York because Marcelo never does anything outside of, of you know, jiu-jitsu except Pilates. He has an instructor because like his back, mm -hmm. everyone has back issues. Big uh, time. You know, at, at Marcelo's and stuff. So he had worked with this uh, one win, um, Whitney. And so she started a class at Marcelo's every Thursday. So I would go in early and I think it was like 10 a.m. No, 11. No, yeah, it was 10. And uh, do yoga lattes. Nice. And it was awesome, and she was the greatest, and I still kind of, like, keep in touch with her and stuff, and I wish that I had that. And the only reason I did it is because it was at my gym. I felt comfortable. I was with people that I already know pretty much, you know. Was it a no did you feel, like, notice a difference doing it? Well, the thing is, for me, it was a, it was a way for me to keep myself in check because I'm super mobile, right? Uh, Hypermobile. Yeah. So at CrossFit, it's actually... Uh, um, it's a hindrance, like even in jiu-jitsu, right. like someone stacks me and my legs are over my head. It's like, okay, I guess I'll just stay here. Mm -hmm. So then now I have the ability to like bring them back when I want to and like just be a little more stiff and that's what I needed. And with CrossFit also, it's stability. So like she would tell me like, yeah, you're getting more solid, you know, because like sometimes I'm in like pigeon pose and like I'm just basically sitting on the ground and that's it. So now I, I can stay activated and have like tension through my body, which you're supposed to and kind of situate yourself because she would come around and literally just grab you and put you in the right spot yeah. you know um and then we would all laugh <laughs> at whoever was being tortured that day yeah. um and so you know for her to come around and see that i got myself into the right position on my own like that was always big do you feel like crossfit um because i feel like i have these crazy imbalances of muscles from just doing jujitsu all the time. Like what's bigger than what? Like one side of my chest is bigger than the other. Maybe you need to drill both sides. Marcelo's just like, just get good at one side. Yeah. What are you talking about? And Capri is like, you know, let's do both sides. And, and that makes sense, you know? Like every time you drill, you do one side on the right. other side. And it's like noticeable, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, not like. Like my right like, titty is big. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm like, like, but yeah, I don't think you, you know, I don't think you know unless I showed you. <laughs> like, <Stop>. it's, <laughs> it's like I gotta, you know. But if, but I, like, I was looking in the mirror one day and I was like, oh, whoa, that's weird. Like, it's, uh, yeah, it's very strange, uh, very strange phenomenon. So I, <laughs> I'm like, maybe I'll just do a lot of push-ups. Push <laughs> yeah, like, so like what? Can I do this one arm push-up? Yeah. Can we just speed this process up and even it out? I think it goes deeper than that, though. <laughs> like, I think there may be other parts of me. Yeah, that, not, that's uh, my fear. So I'm, I'm you know, I want to be pretty even and <laughs> <laughs> even keeled in many yeah. areas, whether it's uh -huh. my mind or my mood mm -hmm. or my body, you know? Yeah. Um, that's so strange. I mean, I guess that I could see that happening, especially if you play one side. But, you know, the, the funny thing is you can get really good by playing one side. Like when you pass to someone's left side, right? We're not most people, even though I'm left handed, we're not used to actually yeah. defending from that side. So we get a little off. Um, it's a lot easier to pass. And it's like I remember there was a uh, Lola Newsom um, who was uh, at Marcello's. Um, and she was taught very early on from Emily Kwok yeah. that she said, Emily was like, oh, you don't have a side yet? All right, well, do this one. You know, this is, this is going to help you later on. Yeah, and she's just, so it's funny because she's just like, I don't know, Emily told me to pass this side, and I guess it's pretty good, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. It's just like high level, and then um, that ended up working out for her. Obviously, she knows how to pass both sides, which is a problem. But, 
Um, sometimes if you can choose, it's like, well, let's go that way. And I could do both sides for my knee slice. Yeah. But it turns out that like I actually prefer going on that that wrong side, like my right, because that that underhook is so important, and my left hand really dives for it really yeah. well. So I think uh, that's why I like it. And I think also like because I like hug people when I when I uh, knee slice them. So. I'm thinking about how I like to hug, and I definitely like to hug. Like, you know, you do the, you know, almost like a seatbelt, right? Yep. My right arm going over the top is, is more comfortable for me. I don't know about most people. What about when you hug, like, the the even, like, sideways hug? Like, one over, one under? Huh. Like, how do you I think about that? it. I got to analyze my hugging for a minute. Do you, maybe maybe um, you're one of those people that waits till the other person chooses. You're just like... I think I try to go for the double unders, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't we all <laughs> you know what I mean like um, <laughs> well you are <laughs> could you, I can imagine you were about the same height yeah yeah. Anyone, I'm always I, under yeah. I'm always I, I'm always low taller than us, but I can't, can't imagine you giving a hug to another man just like <laughs> yeah. like you know just like grabbing around his waist <laughs> so t- you know, head on his chest oh man <laughs> like I forget what happened the other day but my buddy Tyler who you meet today like I don't know like, I hadn't seen him in a while. I gave him a hug, and it was almost like, because he's a lot bigger. <laughs> yeah. It was like I was a little kid, yeah. hug, like, my head is on his chest. And, Nuzzling into yeah, his yeah. chest hairs. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much like well, that. Well, I mean, not chest hairs. Yeah, he had a shirt sure. on. Yeah, let's, so let's make sure we... Uh, <laughs> make that clear. Yeah, yeah. There were shirts. So everyone was clothed. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so we're driving through, uh, we're driving down Route 1 in Boston, for anybody listening, coming from Logan Airport. It's 7.30 in the morning. Uh, you just got an off a plane from LAX. Yep. How was the flight? Um, well, I took melatonin mm-hmm. um, when I got on the flight. But, okay, so I forgot that I had a water bottle, like a full water bottle in my, my backpack when I was going through security. And I'm like, you know, I waste enough water uh-huh. by having it sit in my car. And then it gets hot. And then I go, ew, chemicals. And then I can't use that bottle anymore so I was like I can't waste it so I chugged it which is great because (laughs) I need to drink more water all the time and then I was like damn it I I have a middle seat and there was no way I could fix it like normally when you get into either the check-in process 24 hours prior or when you go to reprint your boarding pass in the the terminal like you would think that something would open up but no only the $99 ones so I was like crap I, you know what i guess i'm just gonna have to hope that i get some skinny bitches next to me and then i you know just pass out so i got a skinny guy and a skinny girl on you nice. know on either side so that was nice but then i was like okay so i'm gonna sit down i know i peed like twice before i got on the plane <laughs> because i also had a tea from uh coffee bean and so i had that and then uh i go to sit down and I, right as i can actually i don't even think the seatbelt sign was off like i just was like we're in the air we're good. People are walking around. All right, let's go. And so the guy, the, you know when people are really nice, but like overly nice, so they're like scared of you? <laughs> uh, like when I when I put my bag up initially to sit down, I was like, oh, I'm in I'm in that one. He's oh, okay, okay, yeah. You know, he gets yeah, up real fast. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, calm down. Right. It's okay. Uh, you didn't do anything he wrong. He wasn't from Boston. No, not at all. And he was like super polite. And then so when I turned to him, it's like he was reading me. Like he was ready to get up. Like he knew that like I was getting my sandals on, whatever. So then I I go to get up and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like stands up. So then I was like, all right. You should have been like, hey, you want to switch seats? I know, right? But I was like, I'm going to pass out. So it's fine. So then after, uh, you know, I come back and I was like, all right, cool. I had my melatonin and like I'm going to pass out. So I did for the most part. However, I was so uncomfortable because I like to sleep with my knees to my chest. Like, huh. like no one's going to pass my guard even <laughs> if I'm sleeping. So like fetal position all the time. So when I'm sleeping, it's really hard for me to like extend my legs at the same time and then being super sore and everything else. And okay, neck pillows, right? So I have my neck pillow. And then like if I just simply am sitting with my shoulders regular, and I put my head to the side, it's still like my, like when I put my head to the side, my, my shoulder shrinks a little bit too. So I'm still like hurting my neck to do it. So I gotta put an elbow on an armrest, you know, yeah. to make sure that my, my shoulder is stable and I can, you know, but then after a while your elbow kind of gets, you know, on yeah, raw, just like from, from being on the, the armrest. And being in the middle, of course I get the armrest, but sometimes you gotta share. That's so, so, what do you think the armrest etiquette is? You know, 
I mean, you give you give preference to the person in the middle because they don't have anywhere to go. Right. And you've got either the window to lean on right. or the aisle to like hang out of. So you know. It's, so the person in the middle gets two armrests. Um, ideally, yes, but if they're not using it, feel free. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you kind of gauge like how they're gonna be and if they're big and things like that. <laughs> Normally, if I'm in the aisle, which I like, I turn towards into the like towards the window and I bring my knees to my chest and I just sort of like find a way. And I, I was taught by um, this one uh, girl from jujitsu that she, you know she says, "Well, unbuckle your seatbelt and then put your your knees to your chest and then rebuckle it over your the yeah. front of your shins." So yeah. that you know you stay in a ball even when you're sleeping. That's but, interesting. Yeah, I never thought so, of that. Well, I mean, if you can, you should. Yeah. Um, it might look weird for you. Yeah. But well. For me, I mean, people probably are still just like, "How old is she?" And I'm like, "28." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm just like a little ball, and I will continue to do that until I physically cannot anymore. Yeah. That's how she sleep on the plane. I, I mean, I would do anything. I'll do anything. Yeah. To sleep. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll do, I'll put the tray down oh and just God. put my face ah, on the tray. I can't. No? No, and especially if the person, if you fall asleep and the person in front of you has their seat up straight, yeah. and then it, boom, and you're right. just like, ah. like they, they, they sit it back. It's like, oh my God. Um, but yeah, so I was like in and out of sleep and like it was kind of, kind of wild, but which looked like the craziest part is that like, this is just a, like a long ass day for me. Yeah. And I fly back at what nine fifty. This is a crazy uh, in and out. Like this is really? like. You know who I feel like is uh, Edwin Nashby. Yeah, does he, he travel does like this? this? A lot. Yeah, he'll go. I remember. So I remember really. He used to do two seminars or two, not even maybe just seminars now, but two tournaments like within one weekend where he would do one on Saturday and then he would fly somewhere, or fly home or whatever it was, and then you know, compete the next day. And he's always been like that. He travels really well. He must sleep really well on planes. Um, I got to talk to him about that. Right. But it, like, I remember being like, oh, cool. He's going to Chicago. So years, years ago, like, did you seminar? And then also, oh, he's back. Because he lives near me. So I, yeah. you know, whatever. Did you guys train together like, uh, yeah, white belt, blue belt. at Hamula Bahals? Uh-huh. Is that the first place you ever trained? Yeah. He actually doesn't like to admit it, but he trained Nogi for a little bit at GoCourse. Because he's Armenian. So he would drive out to be with the Armenians. There's a bunch of them over in Glendale with his family out there too. The cousins and stuff. So yeah, and then he actually was all about Nogi because he was like 15 or 16. And then uh, he was all about MMA, right? As most kids do. You know, they're all focused on that when they start going into jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And then, you know, Matt Hummelo, and then that was it. And Hummel's like, put a damn E on. And he was like, okay. <laughs> isn't that where, isn't Glendale where uh, Rhonda's um, Edward uh-huh. uh, Tar... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tar- Targaryen. Targaryen. Yeah. yeah. He's Armenian, right, too? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. She actually was at Go Wars. Oh. And she used to come to my gym, which was Legacy MMA at the time. You know, an off hours of work with the, the owner of the time over Ukraine. And like, yes, right. um, it was in her book actually. Um, and then I had, so I had heard about her and I was like, I'd heard there's this judo Olympian and she's doing jujitsu now and she's beating up all the guys because they would have a lot of in house tournaments and she would just beat the crap out of all the guys. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go try that. <laughs> I'm gonna go see how that, yeah. you know, I had no idea. I'm thinking, oh, she's just good judo and stuff. So I luckily I never did. But we were always kind of in the same place. Um, Hamula was working out with uh, Leo Frank, who's also Rhonda's strength and conditioning coach, or was, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's freaking awesome. He's like a motivational speaker. And so when I would put his um, costs on my credit card, <laughs> I would go, and maybe I had like four sessions in total, like kind of spread out. But I always left there feeling so freaking good because he would like motivate you and like literally like you would just be a better person by being around him yeah you know um i, I just met pedro sour the other day yeah and that's that? that's how that's i feel how after hanging out with i felt like i wanted to be a better person after i hung out with yeah. pedro sour i really did feel that way there, there's certain people i meet that it's like i don't i don't know sometimes they make it seem easy and sometimes they acknowledge that it's not easy but they make a point to be that way like mm-hmm. uh did you have you ever met Devonte? 
Johnson? No. So he is, okay, first of all, you look at him, he's missing a tooth like Paulo. <laughs> yeah. He has a fake one. Yeah. But Paulo doesn't, because Paulo's super proud of his <laughs> missing tooth. But with, with Devontae, it's like he looks scary and he's tough. He came from Patterson, New right. Jersey, which yeah. is one of the toughest right. towns in the entire country. Um, and he's tall. He's super freaking athletic. You look at his freaking quads growing out of his legs and stuff. I mean, the guy literally puts his hand in rice buckets to work uh, on his grips while he's studying, you know? Yeah. You know, school. And so you meet him, and he's so soft-spoken. He's so polite. I mean, even his jokes, are they're funny, but they're not at the expense of anyone. Mm-hmm. Like mine usually are yeah. usually the expense of myself even right. and he's just like the nicest guy and I remember we were coming back from Abu Dhabi when I was still living in New York and Gianni's parents came um, to pick us up and he was like hey man can I get a ride with you and it was so funny because he was sitting in the front because like you know Gianni's mom got in the back with me and Gianni and then you know Devon in the front with his bag on his lap yeah. you know for the whole car ride from JFK over back to New Jersey we go to the their house um, you know his Gianni's parents' house. And, you know, Gian- I think that Gianni's parents fell in love with them. And then he's like, oh, I'm actually supposed to, like, meet my girlfriend at her college for her graduate or something, you know? And Gianni's mom was like, oh, thank you. So we- they got home, switched cars, and they-, they were off, you know? <laughs> drove them all the way. Right. You know? Because someone like that, you just- they're just so deserving of nice things. Yeah. You know? And-, and now he's got his own academy in New Jersey, too. And I don't know. But he's just like, I tell him that. I'm like, you make me feel. Well, I always come out negative, like with things I say. I've been uh, working on it, but before, especially. So instead of being like, you make me want to be a better person, I just said, being around you makes me feel like a real shit person. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? Look, I don't think he ever wanted to do that to someone. I can't hang around with you anymore, man. You make me feel bad about <laughs> yeah. myself. Yeah, like, I just can't live up to your standards, man. Um, it's, it's amazing, like. That when you're around I mean I wish I was around people like that all the time because I feel like I would be so much better but like I try to be that's why uh, I travel right and I, I you know people ask me like oh how's your you know, your team your teammates and this and that and Cobrinas isn't like like for worlds and, and pants like we're we're right at home in, right in LA and so we don't norm- we don't really do like big dinners we used to but not so much anymore and everybody just kind of disperses and goes home um it's a little bit different. Because you're home. Yeah, they're not obligated to, like, do anything. Um, they're like, all right, I'm going to go to work in the morning. But, um, so, like, my my team is funny. It's like, I'm, like, an honorary member of a lot of different teams. Yeah, um, like, Kyos, you know, really close with Christina Barlan. And I, she's like, awesome. Like, she's amazing. Yeah. And before before I even really met her, I knew Kyos since I was a white belt. So... You know, that kind of worked out because I'll go up there and I just kind of show up and I'm like, <laughs> he walks in, he's like, sup? I'm like, sup? <laughs> you know, and he's, he's the type of person that I can text with a question at any hour of the day and he'll answer it. I think he's going to um, teach at a camp in Mexico that my friend Brad Wilson is putting on uh-huh. um, in April that yeah. I think I'm going to try to go to. You should, um, you should. He's a funny guy. Not, I mean, like, He's not like a self-proclaimed comedian, but he just is. I talked to him at your at the submit the stigma that you yeah. did in, um, at five forty, mm-hmm. and I loved him. Mm-hmm. He's super matter of fact. Little dude, you know, yeah. and that's I like huge you know. personality. Like, will not ever be wrong <laughs> ever, and like, he, but he but he comes up with like the scientific evidence, right. and you're like, you got me, <laughs> you got me. Like, I I can't argue. I, I try to argue with him all the time, and he's he just like comes out and like damn, and I just have to shut up. But um, he's like a, a really good person to have in your corner. Oh, yeah. and it's so funny. I I made this joke. I was like, because like so I've got my blue belt under Hamlo Bahal, my purple belt under Cobrian, my brown belt under Marcelo Garcia. So people will, we like to make the joke. Okay, where am I gonna go for my yeah, black belt? You gotta you go know? somewhere else. So I joke with Kyle that okay. You're gonna give me my black belt. It's funny because like he's just sort of like known my my ranking and how I've been as competing and as a person. He's seen me grow, you know, over these eight years. And so um, it's kind of funny because I told him, I, I joke him, like, hey, 
you're gonna get my black belt. So then I hit him up one day, and I forget what I said, but somehow he insinuated that it was gonna be about me telling him to give me the, the black belt, whatever. And he, he like answered it seriously. He's like, man, if you come up here, I can't just give you a black belt because all my longtime students are just gonna get really mad. <laughs> like I was like, no, I don't ever expect that. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was so funny that like he gave me like a serious answer to it, and I was like, no. Like he had thought about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like kind of feeling like grateful that he actually like, thought about it, right. you know? Right. But how um, did you meet him? I he was tra- he was teaching at uh, Caesar Gracie's, and I went up because I as a white belt, I love to train around and stuff, and so I went up there to uh, to train, and we ended up, you know, just like keeping in contact because he was always at the tournaments that I was at, and then I worked for Grace Mag and right. this and that, and he's just always kind of been this like really knowledgeable person. Uh, and so whenever I had a question about anything ever, he would, he would answer. I mean, I, every time I would see him, it's funny because like sometimes he doesn't even acknowledge my presence and I have to be like, yo, <laughs> and that's just him. And it, I don't take it personally at all. I just say, hey, give me attention. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like Gianni and I would go up there and um, he would just like help Gianni out any way he could. And he would give us a place to stay at his house and his wife, Jamie, and his son, Bubba. And yeah, so they're just, he's just kind of like family to me at this point, you know. And then Christina as well, it's like family to me. She's like a sister. Um, and uh, like I also have Liv. So Livia, childhood. I don't know if I think it's Luke. I remember being like, I said it right. And she's like, yeah, you did. So now I'm like, I'm going to think about it. Which way was right? Yeah, I don't remember. But um, she's actually Polish, but she's Australian. And so we like to make fun of her either way. And she's she's also like part of our, our crew. And, and uh, Lachlan, who they're now engaged. So her fiance, like they, they would actually come to the Korea camp. So I've known Lockie for a while. I'm not close to them by any means, but like just kind of like know each other. And Liv and I, like we roomed together at my friend Green's house in Abu Dhabi. Um, we oh, forget, like we just, we're always around each other always. And then she'll come to LA like all the time. And she came for EBI and I helped coach her during EBI since I couldn't compete. And then um, also for the Grand Slam, she came out and hung out then. So it's weird that she lives in Australia, but I see her so many times during the year, right. even this time during the year. And I think she's coming out for Rogi Worlds again, so I'll see her then, and it's amazing. I've got a really close friend in Canada, um, Valerie, who even does my social media now for my Samantha Stigma. Nice. Um, literally, I was in Brazil, couldn't get a hold of uh, the airline to call to change my flight. So I had to, I texted her, and she goes, yeah, 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 for sure. Literally just texted me like a couple hours later. I was like, all right, cool. It's changed to this, this, this. I was like, oh my God. She's like my personal assistant. But we check in with each other all the time to make sure that both of us are like sane and healthy. <laughs> hey, what was Abu Dhabi like? What Abu Dhabi, I've been five times. Wow. And so it's like, I just go every year. I make sure that I go. Um, it's, it's awesome because we kind of take over that area of the city. And it's all about us because they really value jujitsu. They have it in schools. They teach it to the kids. They have really big programs. I mean, it's like money and all their tournaments. And um, it's just a really, really big thing. Do you talk to the Sheik? No, 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 no. Does anybody talk to the Sheik? Yeah, like there's like the Sheik will actually bring some of the high level guys out. Like Maria's gone a bunch of times um, and, and trained with him and stuff. I was just talking to somebody that actually trained like at the same place that the Sheik started training at in San Diego or something uh-huh. and trained with the Sheik's bodyguard back in the day. Yeah, like, yeah, Way no. back. Those uh, guys come to Cobrinas too. Like, the team, the competition team, like Faisal and stuff, yeah. they, they all, like, kind of go and they'll, sometimes they'll do a camp at, like, Hamelos or they'll go to Marzello's or they'll go to Cobrinas, you know, because they just do what they want because they can and then they go there. Right. They, do, they live the dream, right? They go train. And they're all super high level because they, they train a shitload and they do their judo, right? They have that too. They're all really good at stand-up. Um, so they, cause they really value that, that you know, competition team. Some of them are like masters, but they're still um, 
really good. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you go, it's like, you know, I have a lot of bonds with people who I've just come up the ranks with because you do the same things and you go and you travel and you, you go to the same tournaments or you even fight against them and it's that lifestyle that you just connect with so those types of people are the ones you find in Abu Dhabi and you're all just kind of like congregate you know and it's a little bit different because you're all sitting you know the same place for breakfast right. you know, usually there's two or three hotels that they have as people you know people at and so it's like you're just sitting with everybody um, it's kind of like all the time. UFC fights. Like if you got a UFC fighter, like you stay at the hotel, yeah, yeah, yeah. and every like uh-huh. almost everybody else is uh-huh. at that same hotel. Yeah. Like you see each other like yeah. in the training rooms, and, and we like, all train together too. Training together. Like there's the two mats. separate right. There's yeah. the mats, and, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of cool. I mean that's a cool experience for sure. Yeah, I mean the, the flight is so long. How it's long like, is the flight? Sixteen hours Jesus. from LA. I think it's. 14 hours from Chicago and about 13 from New York, I want to say, because right. I've flown from all three. Right. Um, those are the three hubs that fly out from Etihad. Straight flights? Yeah, unless you're anywhere else but that. So then you'll have to have done that where I've had to either fly from New York to Chicago to meet up with that flight, or I was up in LA and then ended up making a connection. Um, but it's like, it's so long and it's nice because there's like full on entertainment, this and that, I guess. But but at the same time, you if you're fasting, yeah. not, I say fasting. Yeah. It's like the classy way to say it. Right. But if you're cutting weight, you can't eat anything. You're starving. You know, the last thing you want to do is eat on the plane and then be more swollen when you land because yeah. you're just like your ankles are getting huge. You know. So yeah, 16 hours without food. One time, I don't know. I go through these phases sometimes where I get really bad headaches and then the Advil doesn't really help anymore and I almost I don't know if that becomes a problem sometimes you take too much Advil and like your body gets used to it yeah like and it just doesn't help and so I remember talking to Hillary Williams who was who was my idol when I was a white belt and blue belt and everything else and still um (laughs) because when she was actively competing I was like I'm gonna be just like her um and now she's becoming a neurologist and she's in med school or her, and she's in her residency now um, wow. and so she was like giving me advice like hey stop taking that you're just gonna have to suck it up this and that so I was like alright so I always knew like I knew a girl her dad was a doctor and yeah everything he would just be like just drink more water <laughs> like that was literally the first thing for ever just drink more water and oh uh, yeah, I, I try to like true. subscribe no to way. that, you yeah. know. I really because I never drink enough water. Yeah, but water. then you end up peeing all the time. <laughs> all the your time. Your whole life is ruined. Oh, um, <laughs> you know. So it's all like, well, the- let's see. If I can sit around at home all day. Sure, I'll drink a lot of water. I work in an office during the day with uh, with a bunch of very nice people, but they're always like really interested in what I'm doing. Uh-huh. So when I do drink a lot of water and I pee a lot, they're like. George, <laughs> like that's like number thirteenth time you've been to the bathroom oh today. I'm God. like, yeah, I know. I'm trying to drink a gallon of water oh here, you know? God. They think I'm crazy. Oh my God! When yeah. I was working for a travel agency, a corporate one, so I wasn't dealing directly with just like customers. I was dealing with the travel agents, you know, and they were like talking to us for their clients. It was awful, and I would have my headset on, and I would be on the whole. Um, the, the system, right? So you were like logged in to take calls, and then if you had to go to the bathroom or you were getting coffee, you're allowed to put a little away sign on, and it would count down. I think it was like five, <laughs> ten minutes. Five, yeah, something like that. You're only allowed to do that so many times, right? And so I would have to pee so often that they would like get mad at me, and then they'd be like, "You're in the red. You're in the red." <laughs> you know, because they'd be like, "Do too long, they'd start talking or something." Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was that buzzers was start going off. Yeah, and then I, that was my last real job, pretty much. And I was like, screw that. Um, I've heard of people that life. work from home, and then like, which sounds cool, but then like the the, the companies they work for have like software so that if your mouse you isn't moving, right? Yeah, 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 and, you yeah, know, yeah. They're like, same thing. My mom works from home three days out of the week, and it started. She's a software. No, she's a systems programmer, but now. Because she was with uh, Semper Energy, aka San Diego Gas and Electric, for ever and ever and ever. She actually went to school and was working on her master's in anthropology, and then took an IBM course and was like, "All right, that'll do." 
it switched because at the time uh, they were teaching what they don't teach now and, and she was like making more money than her professors at the time and she wasn't going to be doing anything like magical with anthropology right, you know, right. no it's money, a tough whatever. degree for sure yeah so she she ended up st- sticking with the systems programming and, and whatnot and then they outsourced her job what was like three years ago I think three or four years ago three I don't know or two I don't know and um, she ended up being able to stick with the company as a project manager so now she does that but either way she like slowly over time like oh we're just gonna take Fridays and work for the this and that and the different bosses and she's always like oh no there's a new boss they're gonna take away that blah 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 but I mean she actually like works better when she's at home because she just like gets up she's, my mom is super super diligent mm-hmm. like she's just super motivated super regimented and she's really good at that so like now you know she works from Monday, Monday Wednesday Friday and that helps just because she commutes 40 miles just yeah. to get to her job That's, at Benary Park. So, and I mean, 40 miles where you live can be like yeah, so I drive, right? I drive 20. That was a good word. I've been in that. I've been in that traffic. <laughs> there, uh, it was tw- it's 26 miles for me to go to Cobrinas. So that alone makes my life really lonely. <laughs> I live far. I live close to Hamelos. And actually, Hamelo lives like I could just like take take a run and get to his house. Wow. Um, but you know, being at Cobrinas for the past whatever. I mean, I, besides going to Marcellus for two years in between, but on 2011 that I went to Cobrinas, and every freaking day. I mean, after, at the time I was working all day, so then I would leave. I'd go home, take a little nap, wake up, be like, where am I? And then <laughs> drive. Uh, through some, I mean, depending on the time, mostly there's some traffic, so I drive four different freeways, and then I have to drive through Hollywood. Yeah. You know, and that's like the worst, the worst part of it. Um, so it's like that's that's become my life. You know, when I met Gianni, he was making the commute on the train from New Jersey into the city, New York, and to you know, to me, it like was a different type of commute because yeah. then you could like read a book and you could do other things. But it was still very similar of being a, far away from your gym and even from, you know, his move from to Marcelo's. That was four blocks away in the city. So it was the same exact commute. Um, and then we also lived together in a different in a different town still in New Jersey. So it was a different um, train route, but still, still the same way. It was like a 50-minute train ride, um, depending on delays and whatnot. So it was always our dream. Like, even still now, like, it's his dream and my dream still it's like live near your gym yeah. it almost seems like impossible because it's never been that way for me ever like, I can't even imagine what that would be like to not have to stay out all day and that's kind of like part of what's so exhausting about training twice a day yeah. like is having to stick around right like I used to when I was a blue belt when I first started to like really take it super seriously like full time whatever I would leave my house at like 7.30 in the morning, or no, 7 or 7.30, get there at 8.30, and then uh, like beat some of the traffic, you know, I'd still get caught in some, just so that I could do the, the nine conditioning, and then we would chill, sit around a little bit, and then by 11, we were drilling for an hour, and then taking the class, which was like at least two hours, sometimes more for competition time, and then... I would have lunch, I would just, I would sleep, I would take the blanket and like sleep on the mat before all the kids came, and then I would wait around, you know, for the two classes to go for the fundamentals, and then I would take like the 8pm class, and it was just like, I wouldn't get home until 11, and then I would stick my key in the washer, and I have this little like, uh, marker on a napkin that says, put the keys in the dryer, please love you. You know, to my mom, so she would wake up early. So she would put the keys in the dryer. It's funny. Cause when I moved away, uh, to New York, like she kept the same napkin. <laughs> so I used to just keep on writing it over and over uh, again and just, just kept it. And that was like her little thing. So sometimes I use that even when it's just closed, <laughs> I put it out on the counter by the coffee, you know, and she's like, kept that napkin. <laughs> the laundry thing is a, uh, like I got so Amanda and I and Andrea all train. That's three, and then sometimes there's just like academy loner geese. Yeah, there is always a pile yeah. of laundry in my kitchen. Yeah, uh, it's like a it's like laundry mountain. And it's, I didn't have laundry when I was in New Jersey. We had a bucket, uh, so we had we lived in someone's like attic that had our own staircase and everything. It was like a built-in like apartment, um, and so we had this bucket 
that we would have a bucket and like an Ikea like zip up like comforter bag, you know, that we would stuff all of our clothes in during the week. And I mean, that was two geese each yeah. every, every day, you know, not through like no geese stuff and, and whatever else. And then um, workout clothes and stuff. And then we would go to his parents' house and lug it over and it's just reeks. It reeks so bad all the time. Like, we put it in the car and you couldn't really run into any errands like before then because you were no. just like, let's just get to the washout. Get to the washout. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, or we go, sometimes we would go to the laundromat. But I mean, when it was free to just go to his parents' house and then we'd see his parents and stuff like that. But uh, that was the routine. That's like a full day. So when I moved back home to LA, it was like, oh, yeah. you know, and I, I can't tell you, like, I I walk through Lowe's or Best Buy or something, and I walk by the washer and dryers, and they look so beautiful to me. <laughs> like, I never thought I was going to care so much about an appliance, you know? Yeah. And I went to um, Brazil, and even, in, like, in Europe, too, like, we do Europeans and stuff, and uh, we will stay in the Airbnb and whatnot. And they either have one washer and dryer in one, right, that takes forever 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 and then the dryer part doesn't fully dry stuff or they just don't have a dryer they only have a washer and i'm like i don't have time for that yeah. <laughs> i dry all my keys you know and so i'm like how do i wait for this to happen i don't know it's crazy so that was another another thing that was like really hard when you're traveling with like you know they don't have dryers and stuff the key situation yeah you're like this is preposterous and then now when i come home i probably could shove my stuff where all my other dirty laundry and clean laundry is in the garage but instead i you know you walk into my house and the door like the front door you know on your right is the kitchen and then there's like a little tiny like spot of like linoleum before the left is the hallway for the bedrooms and then you step into the carpet area for the, the living room right there at the door like there's a little wall i put all my stuff there it just it just happened. That's how I work. I work in piles. And so, <laughs> I do too. Like once it once too. it established its spot there, like I have my gym bag and I have multiple gym bags because sometimes I use this, I use that, and then I have a little cro- a gym bag that I have my crossfit shoes in. And like when I come home, I just dump it there. And every time my mom's just like, "Why, why?" And she's kind of accepted it now. But like sometimes, like when I travel for like a while, it'll be gone for like a month, and like that'll just be clean. And she's just like, "Oh." It's amazing, like it's not there anymore. But at the same time, I'm like, I know she misses it. Right. That's my. You, know, you walk in the door, and that's my presence right there. <laughs> you have sisters. I have right? one. It, yeah. I think I met her. I yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. the seminar, yeah. yeah. She just yeah. bought a house. Nice. Yeah. Um, down right. Actually, my parents met in at Monroe High School in the Valley in North Hills, and uh, she lives right by there. My mom grew up right there too, so it's kind of funny that like it was full circle. So is this like on the outskirts of LA, like yeah. on the in the east of north. LA or north? north. So north. I live at literally the very northwest tip of LA County. Yeah. Um, you go two exits west of mine, and you're in Simi Valley, which is technically Ventura County. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. So I live Valley. Valley's like this whole like. Big grid. You're a valley girl. I am a valley girl. Oh. Encino man, karate <laughs> kids, you know, yes. everything. Like, you know, you have Tom Petty, uh, rest in peace, right, just right. died. Um, you know, he talks about Ventura Boulevard, yeah. Boulevard, and that's actually the street that my first gym was on with Homolo, right off of Ventura Boulevard. And, um, yeah, Reseda, Northridge, Chowton, Glist Hills, Woodland Hills, all that. That's where I, um, I grew up, so it's actually the porn capital of the world. The what capital? The porn capital of the <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have like the biggest like production companies and distributor distributors and stuff like that. So I think, I think we still hold that title. Yeah, huh. and so like Frank Zappa, you know, you yeah. Rally Girl, you right. list, like I don't know, all that. Like that's me. And I always tell people. I was just talking to someone yesterday about this. This is a really creepy, weird thing to know, but. So I was delivered by the same doctor that delivered Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, uh, the Olsen twins. That's and pretty crazy. They're, they're my sister's age, three years older, but yeah. you know, it was Valley, uh, Van Nuys Presbyterian Hospital. And so I was having this discussion about belly buttons one day and uh, with someone and they're like, well, you realize that you know how your belly button looks is like how the doctor cut your umbilical cord when you were born. 
that's like a lot of the reason it looks yeah. the way it looks. So I was like, like his style. His yeah, right. Like that's his trademark. Mm. So I'm like, man. <laughs> so I was told that I was delivered by you know the same dude who cut theirs. So I was like, I'm gonna look up some photos, like bikini photos, and see. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah, we have very similar belly buttons. That's amazing. It's crazy. Like like his tying style or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. I really don't know, but it like. I swear it was really creepy to be like bikini photos of yeah, twins, yeah. Know? And then frolicking on the beach. And I, I, I <laughs> but you had a good reason, right? But I couldn't compare with their really, really, really skinny faces more when they were younger, yeah, right? Yeah. Because I've never, I've never looked that way. I've always like had like I call it baby fat, yeah. it's sort of like evenly distributed. Um, I never been super ripped or super, super skinny, so I had to compare to their like more natural, like healthy weights. And I was like, man. It's, it's, I gotta show you. Since you've researched them, um, what are they up to? Like, I have they? no idea. Uh, they, they, one of them married like this weird older dude, and I don't know, dude. They got weird. Wow. They got weird. Yeah. They're still, I think, super, super skinny. And I watched them a lot when I was younger. Full House. Uh, right? No, no, no. I mean, they had their own thing, uh, they had their yeah. own series. With, they like, were on Full House, though, and, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah they right. were. That's, That's where they got that. their start. Right. But the hey dude, um, and then uh, they had their own like series, and it would be like a detective one, and it'd be like a pet one or whatever. And then it had this little karaoke thing, and so I would play their tapes and sing along um, when I was younger. So they were a, they were a big influence on my life, <laughs> very much so. Mentors. Yeah, yeah, like how like the, the etiquette of slumber parties and whatnot, you know. Well, you have a, you have a tie. You have a really you have a close tie with them. I do. Uh, oh my gosh! I, I'm so glad I never met them because I'd be like pulling up my shirt like we have the <laughs> Let's same friends. Take a picture. <laughs> like, like knowing me, I probably would do that. I, I do some really stupid things when I meet people that I uh, look up to. But at the same time, like it's funny. Speaking of which, I don't really look up to anybody introduced to anymore there you know that uh that phrase kill your idols yeah, yeah. right like yeah. it's kind of like what you have to do anyways um but also like getting to know people it's like it's like jiu-jitsu is you go train with the people right. it's not like they're super far away and you, you can't get reach to, them. you get to see what they were humans yeah. yeah they are and you just roll with them or you talk with them and hang yeah. out with them or you know like there's a lot of people who are like not good people right um and you find that out between that and then just also being like seeing how humble you know people are whatever and then you realize that it's jujitsu and like half the world doesn't even know what the hell that is and how can you really be that famous you know i mean like like yeah so there's like even famous in the jujitsu world it's not it's not famous you know I mean, there's times like like Hummel. Hummel has been in a Kevin James movie because he used to like work with him and stuff. Wow, that's funny. Remember that MMA movie that he did? Yes, my buddy was. They they filmed some of that out here. Okay, yeah. So you know, Hummel was in that. Nice. You have some people who branch out to like uh, MMA and then they get more famous, obviously. But it's like you know, you are who you are and stuff. So I don't have any like idols. I'm trying to think actually. Like if I saw something, was like, oh crap. But not. Not really, not really. I mean, I'd still be hella awkward, <laughs> um, for sure. Because you, sometimes you feel like you have to buy their time, right? Like by saying something interesting. Yeah. And then you're like, you want to leave your mark? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, God, what's something interesting? Like, oh, Aaron, she said she's really. Yeah. She's, you know, she really made an impact yeah. on me. Yeah, <laughs> changed you my know, life. It could go either way. Could be like, <laughs> I show you my belly button. <laughs> you know. Or, you know, we have this really deep conversation about the philosophy of, you know, chasing world titles or whatever. Or tying, is. tying belly buttons. Yeah, tying umbilical cords tying and knots umbilical and, cords. and creating beautiful belly buttons. It's kind of, I mean, that's actually not something I've really thought about until right now. Like, uh, yeah. how, because it always used to be like, you know, you got an in-ear and outie. Like, right. No one ever has in- outies anymore, really. I mean, not a lot of people. I feel right. Like. Maybe they changed their standards the, for how the, they time umbilical cords. Like the standard guideline. Like, yeah. 
Like, the only time I've really seen that is, like, some dudes who are super ripped, and I don't know. Right. Like, oh, God, they just have, like, a weird thing. Or, like, pregnant women who are just, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Like, like I'm, I'm already ticklish, like, generally, as most people are, but if you stick your finger in my belly button, <laughs> oh, my God, that is, like, the most intrusive thing you can do to me. Like... Of every orifice ever, like that's I don't know because like that's your that's like that, that was like a hole that was <laughs> it was like a tube yeah it was oh. like a tube that was connecting where I got, you that was everything feeding you yeah yeah Ooh, it's so gross when I think about it, it makes me nauseous it's pretty it's insane like, yeah but you know when people like they really want to mess with you go like, and they stick their finger in your belly button <laughs> and you're like bro don't go there get out of there yeah you don't want to stick your finger no, in there no you don't want to know how much that is in there. <laughs> But either way, it's just like, oh my god, that's just, oh, you got me at my weakest point. That's your Achilles you know? heel. Yeah. Right? Wow. We probably shouldn't. Uh, I'm you're just. <laughs> you're just <laughs> I really am. People now know your uh, your weakness. I know. I gotta hide my belly button yeah, forever. Tape it up. No crop tops for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you were just in Brazil. Yeah. How I'm long? Going back to. Yeah. I couldn't stay away. How long were you in Brazil? I went, I uh, got there August 9th in Rio, and then I extended my trip twice. Which so, is like uh, winter, right? And, 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 yeah, and you their wouldn't version know it. Of, right. You wouldn't know it. You, you, you would be appalled. You'd be mad. I think I've been there mad. in September once. Yeah, uh, that's why I was there until like September 18th. I got, I got home September 19th. So I was there for, you know, over five weeks. And uh, I got to see Rio, Sao Paulo, and uh, Belo Horizonte. So, Were you there for like uh, like work slash no just fun? I just went alone because yeah. it was like it's time. Yeah. You know, it's like I've got to do the sacred trip. Um, and <laughs> I I had I've known so many people through you know working for Grace to Mag, writing you know for other publications and whatnot. And I network like hell. Like I at tournaments and stuff. That's my favorite place to be because I'm like my people. Yeah. You know, like anyone from jujitsu, like I can have a conversation with. Um, and so I, I just, I know a lot of people that I could go there and, and I knew that I was going to be at the hub of Alliance and Rio in Sao Paulo. And that was like where I was going to mostly stay with those people. Like Rio, I only knew a couple people. Um, and then Sao Paulo, like they, they compete a lot there. So they have a lot of them that come to Koreans that I've known since 2012, you know. So um, I'm really comfortable around them. And like uh, Gigi Paiva from Rio and then uh, Fabio Gagel from Sao Paulo. Both of them are just like dad figures, you know? They sure. really like made sure I was good. Like one of my, uh, so I actually lost my debit card right before I left for Brazil. And it was like the day before I was leaving and I went to Chase and I was like, all right, cool, can I get a replacement card? They're like, yeah, 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 we'll send it in the mail. And I was like, no, it's you, you give tough. it to me right here. You know, that's what you always do. And they're like, no, people were actually coming in with fake IDs and stuff. And then, getting cards and whatnot so we had to change that procedure and I was like alright well I have this PayPal business debit card so it pulls my PayPal account which I have money in anyways but also when you don't have any more balance it pulls from your checking account which it's basically using the same thing so I was using that for everything when I was in Brazil and my information got stolen and all of a sudden I wake up and it's telling me I had a low balance in my Chase account so someone had charged so much, it was over $2,000, that I was like, just out. Um, and so I ended up having to like cancel that card and live off a cat, whatever. So I figured it out. But in the meantime, Gigi gave me like 400 reais when I, I was leaving for Sao Paulo. And then a week later, I had figured some stuff out and I didn't even have to touch his money. So I, I felt like like a good child, you know, like <laughs> right. a good daughter. Didn't blow it. When I came back, because I, I ended up going back to uh, Rio for a weekend um, to see Bruno Mofasine's pro debut uh, MMA and oh. then Adolfo's second fight. Yeah. And oh, so, they fight on the same card? Yeah, it was really cute because they're actually both uh, from GFT. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Bruno's alliance for a long time now, but that's where they first met. They're really, really close friends, so it was really cute. We so, just met a guy and hung out with a guy from GFT, GFT. recently. Yeah. GFT. Nice guy. I, I love that. Nice guy. You know, like uh, Julio Caesar, the, the main, the master of, of GFT, you know. Unfortunately, like, I didn't get to take a class under him because I went to his headquarters in uh, Mayer, out in Rio, which is not a great area. It's not, not near the beaches or anything. And, like, it's kind of a little more sketch than, than a lot of the other places. But, uh, 
ended up being Jaime Canuto, who I, I'm friends with, um, that I, I trained under. Like, he did the class, and I trained with Amanda Montero, and like, um, Maisa Bastos, who I'm friends with, but like, I've competed against her and stuff. So it was really good training regardless, but uh, he had gone out, I think, for Masters World or something. He was teaching me the seminar or something, but, I mean, he used to ref my matches when I was, uh, when I was young, and, uh, <laughs> like, uh, he's just a really awesome guy, and he doesn't talk too much, he's pretty serious, but, like, he actually sends me a happy birthday message every year on Facebook, like, like Facebook Messenger and everything, you know, yeah. and so we kind of, like, I connected with him a little more, being in he like invited me to the academy and and all that stuff and he's just like a, a super awesome nurturing coach like he's hard on you right but in a good way and i noticed he coaches all of his guys and he's really supportive and he's like a dad to all the girls on the team he's just gf team has a lot of high level girls like a lot there's like who i mentioned maisa and um amanda who no one really knows about amanda but she's so good she's a newer black belt first year but um there's uh well so obviously Anna Carolina baby uh, Adolfo's uh, sister who was undefeated at black belt so far already won her first black belt world title in her first year at middleweight and then you've got uh, Tamita Zacchino who I didn't get to train with her but I hung out with her but she was having uh, problems with her knee and she ended up getting surgery but she I think she's world champion I'm sure. Talita Alucard is Alliance now, but she used to be GFT yeah. and represent them. Um, and there's just a lot of like younger. I think I might have met her at your. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was there. Yeah. She's always a studio 540. Right. Who's around the area? Um, but it's like, yeah, they just have like a really cool women's team. When you you see that, you're like, okay, they're doing something different, you know? Because like Letitia's the only one with the all girls team, right? Letitia Cabrera off yeah. San Diego, and then. There's other, you know, teams. Obviously, Alliance and Wall had Gabby and Andressa and Nave Pinata Marino, who's amazing. So does GF team have, like, uh, like, you know, style of training? Like, It's, okay, so, like, most of the time in Brazil, it's, like, I mean, like, it's just real hard. Mm -hmm. um, but I've started seeing that everywhere like it's not like that at Cabrillas like Cabrillas is very formal it's really heavy on the technique you know Marcelo's a little bit but again in the US they have to focus on business right it's not just a bunch of dudes coming together and like beating each other up and then getting us after like like that doesn't that doesn't exist in the US uh, like so it needs to be formatted although I have seen it at Unity yeah. Marilla does a really good job of having a gym that is very much that that true to the roots of just like let's try to kill each other and not open the windows so no one can breathe right. um, and just like no we're not tired we're not tired all mental but also having regular classes for fundamentals and kids and whatnot they're, they're doing really well um, but like places like you know GF team and stuff in, in Brazil and Leandro Leandro's like alright put some funk music on and just start Rolling, you know? Which is different. Brazilian it's funk is totally different than, than, funk. than American I funk. I have to mention that for the both times that I was there, he had on his playlist, so now I know that it's like a playlist he plays at every single training session. It's, this is how we do <laughs> it. Um, no, 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 it isn't. It isn't that one. No, that's my favorite song. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, uh, it's, uh, can't touch this. Oh, yeah. No, can't touch this. So yeah, every single time. Leandro Lowe? Leandro Lowe. He likes that? He, loves that he likes the hammer? He training to that song. MC yeah, hammer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot, dude. Also, on that note, with, um, who, who sings that again? The, this, how it's... Man, I think it's like... It's like, um... Rex and Effect or something? No, 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 no. It's one dude, um... Teddy Riley. Nope. No? It's, ah, uh, crap. I forget. Montel. Oh, uh, Montel Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Montel just saying Michael Jordan, Jordan but I was Montel like, Montel Jordan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So actually, small little side thing on that <laughs> is Chris Holdsworth. I remember like talking to him before he used to go to his MMA fights. Um, obviously, before he was on the Ultimate Fighter and and in the UFC and stuff. And uh, he was a local guy. Actually, lived right by uh, Edwin. Uh, oh, yeah, that's where he trained. So, anyways, he he were talking and he's like, "Oh, I'm doing an MMA fight in like Colorado or Nebraska or whatever it was." And I was like, "He's like, which my walk up song be?" And I was like, 
Dude, you're fighting on a Friday night. <laughs> this is how <laughs> yeah. So he actually did. I remember that. Nice. He actually showed me after, and he really did have that as his song. So I was like, man, if I do MMA and I'm fighting on a Friday night, that's my walkout song. I, I love that song. What happened to him? Didn't he get something happen? Something like shoulders? Yes. No. Oh no. I don't think so. Uh, he's been training. He's at your eye favorites gym. Right. I don't know what he's doing now. But he's, I, I just look at him like he's a local guy, you know, yeah. um, from the valley and stuff. So that, that's always because the thing is, I don't, so I always say, like, I'm American. I'm just like a white American. I have no culture, right? I don't have anything. Like, oh, I have family in this country or these traditions or, and I was never raised on a religion or anything like that. I don't have any, like, culture. And then I'm from L.A., right? For the valley. There's not really, I mean, besides the movie references and whatnot, like, there's no small hometown thing that, I, that like, defines me in any way. So, like, when I feel like... this like, right here, where we're driving. Like, this is my, this is my hometown. This is so beautiful. Right. Like, we don't have that. We right. just have what the movie portrays it and, and this and that. So, when I'm like... Like Edwin, I have this like bond with him because it's like, yeah, whatever you do, you know, I feel like it represents our style of jiu-jitsu, I guess, even though it's not really his humble style. Which I wish I, I still, you know, had more of influence. But what uh, what would you call like if you had to define that style? What would you? I mean, say? obviously, people are like, oh, it's Spider Guard, Spider Guard for sure, Spider Guard. You know, um, and that was like my first guard, really. Yeah. So. I, I for sure just think of Spider Guard, um, but I don't know. It's hard to I, I compartmentalize in my head, right? So Korea actually, of course, he's great at um, everything. Right, I was gonna say everything. Uh, he's super particular, but I really took from him the passing, being small, being tight, things like that. And then with Marcelo, it was more conceptual, like just get there. Um, and sometimes you need that. Because with, with Korea, everything's like A, B, C, and this grip, and this. You really dissect everything. Where you walk off the mat sometimes, and you're like just trying to hold all the information into your head. Like it's spilling out. Details. Yeah. And, and Marcelo just simplifies everything. And so I'm lucky because I have a huge background of really detailed stuff. Why and all that. And then with, with Marcelo, it's like sometimes you need to, like it's not gonna be like super perfect or pretty or whatever. You just like you just need to do it. And right. that's kind of like his thing. Like, oh, someone tries attacking your foot, alright, then you drop and you kick them. You know, you, you, you use your other foot to get your other leg out, whatever, and then you turn right back and get right back into it. And I, I remember with Nogi because he has even classes between Gi and Nogi there. And everyone does the Nogi classes. It's not like, oh, it's the Nogi crew. I mean, some people, whatever, but all the main people, they train both. And he would always say, it's just jujitsu. It's all jujitsu. So his game was also very similar between the two. He would actually teach very similar things. Even Wednesdays, it was, it was uh, the new class was Nogi, but the night class was Gi, you know? He showed the same techniques. Almost, yeah, very similar. So, you know, you really got to know, you know, the techniques in that way that's just jujitsu. And so it's like, I, I, I used to know, like, in the gi, I mean, you can, but you can break grips and restart, right? right? But with no gi, it's more like you get out of the situation, you come right back. And it's okay to, like, not, not flee, but to disengage and then come back. And that was just a hard thing for me to think of, you know, because I'm like, no, isn't that stalling, or no, that's a little loud, you know, but if you think about it, even real life situations or MMA, right, you have times where there's scrambles, the person just gets up, and then they, they do like a technical stand-up, right, and you, you get away, and then you can reassess, and you can work from there, and so people never think about, like, oh, I actually have to keep someone on the ground, because most people are like, oh, we get to the ground, okay, phew, I'm right. here, <laughs> right. we've arrived, let's start now, right. um, I can breathe. Yeah, but really, it's just like try to keep me down, try to hold me down. That that's a whole other ball game. That is, uh, that's an interesting thing I learned one time from Chris Howder. Like, uh, he is an he is an amazing individual. Um, It's like a fire over there, or smoke coming up. Not like fires in L.A. area. Do you have fires in your area right now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to live. We used to live in Colorado. And uh, living here after living there for a long time, 
I'm so happy to not have to worry about fires. Like, I hate the fires. Yeah. In Brazil, you'll be driving on right. a highway like right. this. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. There's fires all the time. Totally. Everywhere. And yeah. I don't know if they set them because they're trying to clear the brush or, uh, or like it just and burn or something. Yeah, I don't even know, right. but they're everywhere. I and found... It, you'll, like, you'll see flames on the side of the highway. Yeah. And you're like, is anybody going to do something about that? I have found... I feel like that's like that in a lot of... Um, Central America and South America. Really? Yeah, like I remember flying in one time to somewhere in Mexico and we were flying in and there was like fires like that. You could see them as you're landing and it was like, I feel like it was slash and burn uh, yeah. agriculture. It was, it was so strange to me. Um, you know, and then just seeing like animals on the side of the road too, which is, you know, Costa Rica, they have that. They right. just like cows on the side of the road and stuff. We were, we were, in Belarusan, she went to three different waterfalls, and so one of them was like really far hike, and um, it ended up being like like where I saw two horses that were like so skinny because it was so oh, dry yeah. there at the time, and uh, even in the winter, you know, they didn't have rain for a really long time, and I'm like <laughs> chasing after them to like pet them, and the guys are like, "What? What? What are you doing?" <laughs> those, are, those are our pets. <laughs> Vinka, volta. Yeah, so it's just like, uh, I want to pet you. <laughs> you know, and like I see like stray dogs and I'm like, oh, hey. Yeah. Man, when I was in Singapore, so I have a tattoo of a cat, cat's face on a piece of toast because there's kaya toast, which is like coconut jam, this whole thing they have there that I ate every morning that I loved. In Singapore? Uh-huh. Kaya toast? Kaya, yep. K-A-Y-A. Yeah. And then they had cats everywhere everywhere so i was like i would just like pet and pick up these cats then when i was in brazil so i met this guy and he stole my heart because he took me to a park flamengo park that uh in rio that had cats everywhere it's kind of like a place people just dump the cats they don't want anymore and they, they survive they, yeah. they, they are healthy and i guess it's not normal for them to like pet they want to be pet and stuff but i was just like on my knees like just petting them all and he's like that's not normal and have I was you ever like, been to key west no no i've been to florida and so i don't really particularly care for key it. west i think i don't know if it's still like this but key west ernest hemingway the writer yes, was, yes, had, yes, yes. had a house there and Did he uh, like the, the eight toes cat he had a shit right? ton of cats and they a lot extra of them toes. had with extra toes yeah. but there's cat like i went there when we were, i was a kid and I remember cats everywhere. Oh he had like God. 87 cats. I go, I go crazy. Uh, like, it's like, I don't know. I can't explain it. Like, and this guy who had just met me, I was like, I'm sorry. It's going to get really weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going to see me get really weird right now. You know? You're about to meet my cat. My cat. We have a really cool oh cat. It's huge. It's like, uh, it's called, main, they, they have like a special Maine Coon, Maine Coon cat. Yeah. The squirrel that right squirrel here. Squirrel shitting in the street. I don't no. know, but he doesn't <laughs> I don't talk like, it right like now. he did. He didn't know what to do. Like man, I did. He literally looked like he was just squatting. He really was. Oh my God, and he great. he he went the opposite way of the direction I thought he was gonna go. Oh, that's what they always do. Yeah, you just like, gotta let them figure it right, out. Like squirrel, what's up, man? Oh my God. Um. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Welcome to Dover, New Hampshire, my hometown. It's beautiful. Um, I think it was settled in 1642. <laughs> You're settled. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> history class. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seventh the oldest settlement settlers. in uh, in America. Um, Puritans. Well, thank you for uh, that. Was good. That was enjoyable. Maybe we'll have part two on the way back yeah. in a couple hours. <laughs> in a couple hours. Seriously. <laughs> oh my God. Surprise, Amanda and Andrea. Right now.